Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Today is May 1st, 2020. Welcome to the Toramont to announce the first quarter 2020 results conference call. Please be advised that this call is being recorded. Your host for today will be Mr. Mike McMillan. Please go ahead, Mr. McMillan. Great. Thank you, Donna. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today to discuss the results of the Toramont Industries Limited for the first quarter of 2020. Also on the call this morning is Scott Medhurst. President and Chief Executive Officer, and Paul Jewer, Executive Vice President. As noted in the press release issued yesterday, we will be referring to a package posted on our website which we encourage listeners to download and follow along. Before we continue, I would also like to advise listeners that this presentation may contain forward-looking statements and information that are subject to certain risks, uncertainties, and assumptions. For complete discussion of the factors, risks, and uncertainties that may lead to actual results or events differing materially from those expected, please refer to Tormont's press release and MDNA from yesterday, which is available on our website. We assume that you have had the opportunity to review our press release and related financial information issued yesterday, and as such, we will focus on key highlights. Scott will begin with a few general remarks and some comments on our outlook, after which I will provide some highlights on the financial results. Then we'll be more than happy to answer questions. Over to you, Scott. Thank you, Mike, and good morning, everyone. Before I begin, I would ask that you move to slide three on the deck. I'm delighted to officially welcome Michael McMillan, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer to the Toremont team. Michael is an accomplished CFO with more than 25 years of financial experience. He officially joined Toramont on March 1st, 2020. It's been an incredible transition given the environment, but true to Toramont's philosophy of ensuring orderly transitions, Paul Drewer, Executive Vice President, remains on board to assist us in this important changeover. Paul's had a distinguished career, providing critical stewardship over the past 15 years. I thank him for his contribution, support, and partnership. I'd also like to take this opportunity to acknowledge an important milestone. This month, our partner Caterpillar celebrated its 95th anniversary. This is a formidable accomplishment and the entire Tormont team extends congratulations. We are proud to be Caterpillar's partner and representative in Central and Eastern Canada. Turning now to our financial results. The first quarter of the year is typically softer than others given seasonality and the impact of winter weather conditions in most segments of our businesses. This was exacerbated towards the end of the quarter with reductions in activity, most notably mine and construction shutdowns relating to COVID-19. Results were further dampened by higher expense levels compared to revenue growth. The recent outbreak of COVID-19 puts us in an unprecedented environment as outlined on slide four. While Toremont's businesses have to date been declared essential services in all jurisdictions in which we operate, we are not insulated from the broader economic, financial and market impacts. Actions have been taken and are ongoing across our three areas of focus, 
protecting our employees, serving our customer needs, and protecting our business for the future. We appreciate our entire team's effort and commitment in supporting our customers during these challenging times. Highlighted on slide five, consolidated revenues increased 2%. However, this was dampened by the onset of COVID-19 in the latter part of the quarter. Product support and rental revenues were trending 5% and 7% higher through February, but reduced activity in March largely offset this growth. Economic and business conditions are fluid, and as such, it is difficult to quantify the impact of COVID-19 on equipment revenues. Operating income was 6% lower on reduced gross margins as a result of tight pricing and lower rental fleet utilization, combined with increased expenses mainly due to increase in the allowance for debtful accounts. Net earnings decreased 5% quarter versus year ago, while EPS decreased $0.02, cents, 46 cents per share. Backlogs of $567 million were very healthy at March 31, 2020. We are proud to take part as an essential service. Dormont's businesses serve critical essential services, including but not limited to food production, storage and distribution networks, power generation, including backup power, critical infrastructure, transportation, and emergency response. We continue to monitor the situation closely and are implementing responsible measures to manage and protect the long-term health of the business, including voluntary compensation reductions by the executive team and the board of directors. The diversity of our geographical landscape and markets served, extensive product and service offerings, and financial strength together with a disciplined operating culture, position us well to weather this situation. Moving to slide six, the equipment groups, parts and service business provides stability and benefits from a large and diversified installed base. Prior to the outbreak, the long-term outlook for infrastructure projects and other construction activity was positive across most territories. The company has a large base of mining customers, which in some cases has seen reduced operating activities as a result of COVID-19 implications. These customers and jurisdictions they operate in continue to evaluate appropriate activity levels on a daily and weekly basis. Longer term, mine expansion looks positive, but of course depends on global economic and financial conditions. The company has taken actions to reduce expenses, participating government programs such as WorkShare where available. Human capital, including our technician workforce, is one of our most valuable assets, and we will protect that asset to the extent possible. In the quarter, we continue to move forward with our investment in information technology, aligning our dealership under one operating system, as well as facilitating and securing remote access to our networks, and this created added expense. Actions are being balanced between short-term adjustments relative to demand while also being sensitive to the long-term requirements ensuring the business is positioned well to meet increased client requirements. Broader product lines, investment in rental equipment, and developing product support technologies supporting remote diagnostics and telematics are expected to contribute to the longer-term growth once economic, financial, and social environments return to a more normalized state. Simcoe's installed base Product support levels are well positioned to support current and future operations and growth trends. The diversity of the market served, ex- 
expanding product support offerings and services, strong financial position, and disciplined operating culture position the company well for continued growth in the long term. Record recent booking activity and backlogs bode well for future results. I will now turn the call over to Mike to take you through highlights of the financial results. Mike? Thanks, Scott. It's a privilege to join the Tormont team and take part in today's discussion. I look forward to meeting those on the call that I haven't yet once it's safe to do so. Let's put a bit more color on the operating results, starting with the equipment group on slide 7. Revenues were up 4% in the quarter. Total new and used equipment sales were up 5%. Sales into construction markets were up 10% with good, with good growth in Ontario and Quebec. Sales into mining markets were down 5%, largely related to reduced activities late in the quarter, as Scott noted. Also, power system sales were down 7%. Material handling equipment sales increased 11%, while agricultural markets were lower, down 13%. Rental revenues were largely unchanged year over year as revenue softness in March largely offset revenue growth from the early part of the quarter. Rental revenues from heavy equipment were down 16%, power rentals down 11%, and material handling rentals were down 4%, offset by light equipment rentals which were up 2%, reflecting good activity in central Canada. Partly offset by lower activity in Quebec as well. Rental revenues from equipment on rent with a purchase option or RPO were up 22% on, larger, on a larger fleet over the period. Product support revenues grew 3% on higher parts and service revenues. Growth was good in construction and power systems. Mining was up 1% as early growth was dampened by mine shutdowns in March. Gross profit margins decreased 100 basis points in the quarter. Equipment margins were lower on the continued tight pricing environment in concert with lower industry activity levels. Rental margins were lower on fleet utilization and the underabsorption of rental investments made last year. Product support margins were also lower, however, sales mix was neutral year over year. Selling administration expenses in the quarter included a $4 million gain on the sale of a property, while the comparative period last year included a pension curtailment gain of $5 million. Other selling and administrative expenses were higher, including allowance for doubtful, doubtful accounts, mainly due to the aging of accounts receivable and the timing of collections. Other compensation costs were higher on annual salary increases and higher headcount. Mark-to-market adjustments on, the, on deferred share units reduced expenses in the first quarter of 2020. Information technology-related costs were higher in support of our continued system integration work with the dealership. Operating income was down 5% on lower margins and the higher expense ratio. Bookings increased 15% in the quarter as higher construction, power systems and material handling orders offset the lower mining and agricultural orders. Backlogs of 353 million were 11% lower than this time last year across all sectors except construction. Currently we expect substantially all of this backlog to be delivered this year. As you are aware, backlogs can significantly can vary significantly from period to period on large project activities, especially in mining and power, and the timing of orders and deliveries, and availability of equipment from inventory and suppliers. Let's now turn to Simcoe on slide 8. Revenues were down 13% in the quarter, mainly due to timing of package sales slightly offset by product support growth. 
package revenues were down 28% with decreases both in Canada and the U.S. Package revenues are recorded based on percentage completion and reflect timing of receipt and start of orders as well as project schedules. Industrial market segments were down both in Canada and the U.S., offset by higher recreational sales in Canada and the U.S. Within, Ontario, within Canada, Ontario reported strong activity levels, while in other regions they were lower. Product support revenues increased 1% versus record levels for the first quarter of last year. U.S. was up 6%, while revenues in Canada were largely unchanged. Gross profit margins increased 360 basis points in the quarter versus last year. The increase in margin results from higher package margins up 170 basis points and higher product support margins up 40 basis points, combined with a favorable sales mix of product support revenues to total revenues. Selling and administrative expenses were up 13% in the quarter, principally due to higher allowance for duffel accounts on timing of collection activity. Operating income was lower versus last year at 165000 largely reflecting the lower package revenues and an increase in allowance for doubtful accounts, slightly offset by the margin improvement. Bookings were up 61% to $112 million. Several large industrial orders were received in Canada, while recreational orders were lower. Overall bookings in the U.S. were 9% lower, but on a smaller base. Backlogs of 214 million were up 64 million, or 43%, versus the end of March last year. Industrial backlogs were up 86%, offsetting lower recreational backlogs down 5%. We expect approximately 70% of this backlog to be realized as revenue in the year. However, this is subject to construction schedules and potential changes stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. On slide 19, <clears throat> I'd like to touch on a few key corporate highlights. Non-cash working capital was $107 million higher at $571 million versus a year ago on lower accounts payable, reflecting the timing of receipt in terms of inventory purchases, coupled with the gains on foreign currency derivatives used to hedge currency exposure. As at March 31st, we maintained our very strong financial position with a cash balance of $388 million and a strong balance sheet. Subsequent to the quarter, we secured an additional $250 million uh, through a one-year syndicated facility to provide additional liquidity in this period of economic uncertainty. And finally, as announced, the Board of Directors yesterday approved the regular quarterly dividend at a rate of 31 cents per share, consistent with last quarter when it was increased by 15%. That concludes our prepared remarks, and at this time we'll be pleased to take questions. Donna, over to you to set up the first call, please. <clears throat> Operator, thank over you. to you, please. Yes, yes thank, thank you. you. We'll now take questions from the telephone line. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. To cancel the question, please press the pound sign. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while participants register. Thank you for your patience. And the first question is from Yuri Link from Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about uh, rental fleet utilization um, continues to, to drop a little bit. Um, do, do you think that the, you know, the uncertain environment we're in right now, uh, when, when things start to normalize a little bit, will lead to perhaps your customers uh, opting more towards rental uh, than, than uh, perhaps used or new equipment? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think, you know, we saw it in the quarter. Our customers with the COVID impact became um, more conservative, uh, and understandably, everybody is sort of in the same boat here. Uh, and when we saw the decrease in the RPO inventory levels, it, that, that's a signal that there's a conservative approach. Now, that was also due to the conversions that took place, but we did have some returns. So overall, um, we, we might be positioned very well as customers' uh, demand signals start to improve because we've certainly invested. When you look at it over a year-over-year -year basis on the quarter, um, you know, you look at our rental services business, we, we increased it over almost $100 million. So, you know, we think we're positioned well there uh, in the long term. We're committed to that strategy. But obviously, you know, with what took place in the quarter with the impacts, uh, we, we did see a decline in those rental service utilization numbers and uh, as well as our heavy fleet uh, reflective of the environment. Um, particularly where it came off was in Quebec. So, but I think you're right. We, we could be positioned very well here for those customer demand signals that might shift to uh, short-term needs and be careful with their CapEx. Yeah, I guess in the interim, um, can you, I would assume that uh, net, net rental CapEx uh, will, be, will be down, but any, can you provide us with uh, an update on, on what we should expect there for the year? Yeah, so I mean, we were we've been aggressive over the last year, as we've said. We're we're about on the rental, full rental services model that we're committed to, and that um, you know we proved it out in our legacy businesses. Um, you know, we we increased it over the last year, but we are going to slow that down now, and um, you know that is some a conscious decision that took place in in the first quarter. Okay, okay, I better turn it over. Thanks. Thank you, Yuri. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Jacob Belt from CIBC. Please go ahead. Good morning. Morning, Jacob. So you talked about some of the actions uh, that you've taken to reduce expenses. Um, what, what is the scale of these uh, cost savings? Well, you know, it's it's a combination of a lot of factors. There, we're really um, focused on some of this discretionary expense. We've taken those down uh, extremely hard. Uh, and as, a, as we said, it starts with the uh, senior executive and the board. We've, we've all discretionary is, is being um, pushed to a minimum. Um, we're also, though, we're being very conscious in how we go about this. In the first quarter, you know, we, things came off quite, quite uh, fast uh, with the uh, government uh, decisions that were obviously uh, had to be made. Uh, we felt it in, in mining, we felt it in construction, but um, we were being very sensitive to our um, skilled labor in particular and all our human capital in general because one thing you, you know, we've worked hard to build our infrastructure to provide uh, the demand signals and meet the demands of the customers and grow the businesses. So we went into internal work shares through um, usage of vacation and uh, bank time and training 
that certainly created a, a, an expense. But uh, and then of course the productivity and the revenue streams came off. But so that was a short-term move. So that wasn't necessarily an expense-cutting move. But now we're moving into um, governmental workshare programs, and we're we're very aggressive on the discretionary. So um, you know we're we're monitoring it relative to the the modeling of the revenue projections. So we do it on percentages. So that's how we're working through it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my next question might be a little bit early, but maybe talk a bit about you know, um, what, what you're learning from uh, COVID-19. Uh, I know some companies are talking about, uh, you know, more of their staff uh, working working from home longer term. Um, and, and how do you think about, you know, Tormont looking uh, post-pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we, you know, we, we were very granular on just positioning the business, protecting our people, meeting the, the, the customer demands and the shifts that took place there. And then, I mean, I, I commend Mike on how we worked very hard to position our business for the, for the long term, protecting it uh, with the balance sheet. But um, so, you know, we are now just shifting in, okay, how do we want to look when we come out and then what are the changes that are going to take place? I think you're going to see some significant changes. We're learning how to interface with uh, internally a little differently. I think there'll be some changes in, in some of our travel behaviors as well as how we're interfacing with our suppliers. And you know what? We're we're uh, we're learning how to to be effective in those areas, as well as you know. I think what we're we're also seeing is the uh, connectivity with our um, customer machines. That's been very helpful to really get reads on the hours logged and things of this nature. And so you know we're we're going to continue to leverage uh, those investments. And I think that'll be very powerful in the long term how we interface with customers as well. And, and as we've been saying, we've put a, a lot of work into, you know, a development of data and interface with customers with smartphones that's coming along. So I think, you know, that's going to accelerate in some areas there. Okay, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from uh, Michael Gimet from Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, gentlemen, and welcome, Mike. Um, just the first question. Um, I mean, the government restrictions have extended largely, um, you know, through April in Ontario and Quebec. <laughs> in some respects, I think those restrictions have actually limited more activity. Um, Any way you can guys, if you guys can give us a sense for the activity levels and how they've trended so far in early Q2, maybe give us a sense of utilization rates in your rental fleet or your installed fleet, just to um, give yeah, us a sense of how well, it Again, we were we were impacted there. I mean, we had a. Um, some real hard stops, particularly in mining, and we saw mines go into care and maintenance and uh, things of this nature. But, it, you know, it's it short-term, and we have to, to deal with it. But, again, we're trying to be sensitive to what we what we need to be when we come out of this. We have had some, you know, it's all dictated on, on a lot of the uh, government decisions. Obviously, you're, you're reading it as like we are. Things are going to be phased in here in, a, in an orderly manner, I gather. Um, you know, we won't. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves in here in terms of speculation, but we have seen some um, signals that uh, machines are are starting to uptick on the hours logged, and uh, there, we have had some demand signals come in for some um, skilled labor, which is good, and uh, some of our rental booking activity has improved recently. But uh, you know, we're, we, it, it, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. It's, it's going to be a phase in and. Uh, uh, we're going to be there positioned uh, for our customers. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe just one thing to add to that. I think, you know, again, we referenced the diversification of the business. And so I think you have a couple things, you know, geographical and the, and the customer base are pretty broad. But I think also, you know, regionally our customers are making decisions. And as Scott mentioned, we're trying to make sure that we're well positioned there to step in and support them uh, at the right time. And so as they make decisions to go back into uh, phased uh, production and so forth, we're there. And, um, you know, I think that does bode well for us when you think of the, uh, you know, the essential service nature of the business, but also as our customers make decisions in, in amongst the governmental regulations, you know, we, uh, we, we do benefit from that diversification and, and ability to, and, and reach that we have. So we have a well-distributed branch network, which is there to support. Okay, and there's a couple of calls. Thanks, guys. And then just maybe switching to your service business. I mean, uh, does the implementation of, of health precautions and social distancing present any challenges, um, you know, that could increase the cost of doing business for limited throughput um, at your current facilities? Or, or do you think, you know, um, after a you know, period of adjustment, you could um, return to somewhat normal operating levels? Well, we've been very granular on our, um, call it COVID protocols and procedures, both in, in the operation, within the operations as well as externally on the field service and we're working very closely with customers and how we're interfacing and, and whether we're in their facilities or we're out in their, their job sites. Um, so that's, that's our focus. We, we think, um, you know, I, I commend our teams. I think they've done a, an admirable job in moving quickly on those fronts. Um, you know, we're, we're able to operate. We are being sensitive to how we're scheduling shifts, how we're working through some of our procedures. So I would say there's been some added costs. I mean, we, had, we saw added costs due to this, you know, quickly in, in the quarter. And again, we're, we're trying to position and steer, steer the business through an unprecedented time. So, so there's costs associated with that, but you, you, you err on the side of safety and proper protocols. So, so that's how we're doing it. We, so far, we've been able to function with the demand signal we've received, particularly in the central service areas. And our people have done I'm just really pleased with how our people are adapting and adjusting. They should be commended. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for answering the questions, guys. Good luck and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you. The next question is from Devin Dodge from BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. All right, thanks. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, for, I would say, much of the last couple of years, I think the availability of used equipment uh, has been a bit of a challenge. Uh, just wondering if you expect to see more used equipment coming to market uh, that could provide, uh, say, opportunities for Tormont. And I guess if so, how difficult has it been to go out and source this equipment given some of the travel restrictions we're seeing? Okay, so this is an interesting question, uh, Devin. We, as you saw, we saw a significant in uptick in our used sales uh, on the equipment side of the business. Um, we are up overall 21%, and then on the construction side, it was I think it was over 30%. So, so there is some shifts going on there. I think part of it might have been also the shift that's taking place with the FX, with the weakening dollar. So in actual fact, we think we're positioned well with our inventory levels. We did see a shift where the RPO came off uh, fairly significantly due to conversions, but also due to equipment being returned. But a lot of that equipment was, was low hour. So the demo, the, what we classify as demo class inventory or low hour, it went up over 68%. Um, we think we're positioned well 
when the demand signals improve to meet customer needs because that's going to be attractive iron, particularly when you when you compare it to the um, some of the new pricing with the FX shifts. So, uh, so we think we're positioned well there. Um, in the past, and we've always said part of our strategy is to be very optimistic in terms of buying iron, used iron. We we held off in the, in the quarter. There was um, a fairly well. I mean, there was a couple of moves we made that were uh, being opportunistic, but obviously we're being very careful and uh, focused on our balance sheet uh, and uh, our position there for the long term. But uh, we are. I mean, we have a pretty good skilled team on how to buy iron, so we've got good resources in there. We're monitoring that. We're going to be careful, but that that could become a tactical move here as things progress. But we are pleased with our position on used equipment. Okay, uh, that's helpful. Um, maybe coming back to, I think, one of Jacob's questions, just are you seeing or, or do you expect to find opportunities uh, coming out of this downturn? I guess. I guess what I'm thinking about is there you know changes in market share, you know shifts in product support, uh, technician availability. I guess anything like this that we should be considering as an opportunity for Tormont uh, coming out well, of this downturn. Yeah, and that's what you know we're we're trying to be balanced here in our approach to you know obviously we have to be attentive to short term, but you don't want to damage the the business and the infrastructure. So we're being we're trying to be as, as careful as possible with our with our team and our people um, because. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how governments react with infrastructure spends to try and, you know, stimulate some economic activity here. So we, th- we want to be positioned well for, for that, uh, both on the product support side. Our rebuild activity in Q1 was, um, I think it was up over 20% at the dealership. So, again, you might see a shift where customers are going to move to rebuilds. Our quoting activity there is healthy. So, again, we want to be positioned if, if that really starts to um, shift into uh, how customers uh, are going to handle their fleets and their their capex. Maybe one thing to add too that we can, you know, you mentioned we mentioned in our statements that you know, we've uh, we've invested on some of the integration and technology side as well and I think coming out of this, you know, what this does allow us to do is is you know, look at some of those opportunities to advance that integration and and come out on on uh, you know, quicker out of the gate with an integrated platform and, and move some of those projects forward. And so taking advantage of those opportunities as well uh, to move our business forward and integrate the acquisition uh, in the eastern part of the business. Yeah, and that's a good point. The first quarter, we worked hard at uh, transitioning the first phase of our Tormont CAT business onto one platform. And uh, so there was a cost associated with that, but we feel comfortable and that's that's gone well. That's good color. I'll turn it over. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. The next question is from Ben Chernovsky from Raymond James. Please go ahead. Good morning. Morning, Ben. Morning. Um, I want to circle back. I think it might have been the first question on on the rental business and the shift to rental. Um, I can appreciate that some customers might prefer uh, to, or might migrate to that channel in a downturn. But overall, generally, um, I would think that if demand conditions go down, uh, there's pressure on rental rates and utilization. And you guys did report a little bit of um, pressure on utilization rates in gross margins, but I'm curious what's been happening to rental rates. Has, has that not become a more competitive environment at, at present? And what 
just and what could we what could we expect you know for the quarter or the year you know without getting into guidance just qualitatively what's happening in those in the rental market right now so in um, again we we look at this then over the long term and if you look at the, the market data that we we continue to uh, process long term we see the rental industry and and um, um, overall dollar opportunity continue to increase and and that's we've seen that year over year for several years now and uh, it's played out well in our legacy business for us and we you know that's why we're We've been investing uh, fairly aggressively in uh, Quebec and the Maritimes to expand that that full rental services model. What we saw in the quarter was, yeah, we saw some tightening, but overall, you know, particularly in the legacy, the the, um, the rental rates were holding up. It's just that the and even we had growth in, in Ontario. We had over in the rental service, we had over six percent growth. We were moving really well in January, January and February, and then everything just just came off and then particularly you know the thing in Quebec was we were we were down on our revenue in the first quarter we've invested heavily uh, on the uptick on the uh, the uh, upload of the fleet so that was a drag on the margin that was a that was a big shift for us that we didn't uh, see that uh, progress but you know we're committed to it and as we've said we're only midway through that strategy where you get the full realization of the model with disposition so that's got uh, just got a I would stay committed to it. But you know what? We, we feel we're, you know, we've invested well there with technology and we can compete effectively. But, uh, you know, but there, you know, it's going to be interesting in how, how it plays out on, on rates. But it, it wasn't, there wasn't any real shocks in there in the first quarter from what we saw. And you haven't seen it in April yet either? Um, well, in April, we're starting to see a little uptick. But, uh, you know, the other thing that we saw in the, from the rental services was our, our winter products, you know, the propane and some of the building supplies. It wasn't maybe as harsh in some areas prior, so that came off a bit for us as well. Okay. Um, and if I could just clarify uh, what's happening in materials handling. You said in the disclosure your sales were up 11%. I think orders were up 17 But in that area, rentals were down. Um, and just the those trends of of the sales and orders being up uh, was that right through March as well, or has that side of the business um, shown any slowdown um, since the COVID hit? Yeah, so we were we were trending nice. Those numbers are reflective then of I think the team really worked hard last year. You know, it's. Uh, we did a lot of restructuring in there last year with sales management, territory coverage, particularly in Ontario. So that's where, you know, with the, I applauded the team. They were making good progress. We saw good bookings and the sales revenues were up. And then it did come off in March uh, relative to some of the COVID impact, um, as did the service numbers. And so because we've been very focused on our service excellence uh, strategies and tactics in there. so. We did feel it, but we were pleased with the progress on the uh, the uh, equipment sales in the material handling business. Okay, that's helpful. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ben. Dave. Thank you. The next question is from Sherilyn Radborn from TV Securities. Please go ahead. Thanks very much, and good morning. Morning, Sherilyn. Um, most of my questions have been asked, but um, maybe I can get you to just comment on how the supply chain has been functioning across the dealership 
Battlefield and Simcoe and whether you're thinking any differently about inventory across one of those businesses. Yeah, so, so far in the, I mean, we feel we're positioned well when you look at those inventory levels that are only down slightly from last year in the quarter. And I think we commented last year, we were very aggressive in some of those uploads and uh, how we were managing uh, prime product sales and positioning because we wanted to be aggressive with our uh, integration plan and that played out fairly well. So, I mean, I think our, our, our suppliers have done an admirable job, particularly Caterpillar. Our, our parts inventories are up slightly. Um, we're, we're in, in uh, weekly consult with Caterpillar, and uh, you know, in the first quarter, their, their part supply was solid. Fill rates were good. Um, certainly, they've they've stated they had some temporary closures and some plants, but uh, we feel we're we're positioned fairly well, and uh, we're staying close to those signals as things progress. But uh, you know, Caterpillar was was uh, open on their call that they're being. Uh, sensitive to the demand signals and they'll adjust accordingly. Okay, um, and then in this environment, obviously customers are gonna have a lot of focus on you know, deep cleaning and PPE. And I'm just curious whether Battlefield has been adjusting its market offering to respond to that need. Yeah, so particularly with our uh, job site solutions group, uh, we have been sort of pivoting in some of the customer demand signals in there with uh, some P some PPE, and I think uh, our team's done an admirable job in there. Obviously, in some areas, there's tight supply, but uh, we, we are pivoting in some of those areas, uh, Sherman. Okay, and then just lastly, I guess in particular at the CAT dealer and at Battlefield, are you seeing customers um, move more to online channels in a noticeable way? And can that be a competitive advantage in some way? Yeah, so it's interesting. We, we, uh, we're, we're monitoring that. Um, we're starting to promote that more because we, we've put um, investment in there. Q1, we, we didn't really see any real shift, but that's something we're, we're monitoring closely as we move forward. So we'll see how that plays out. That could be another shift we see due to this, this COVID impact. Thank you. That's all from me. Thank you, Sherilyn. Thanks, Sherilyn. Thank you. Once again, please press star one if you have a question. And the next question is from Maxim Fitchev from National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Max. Uh, yeah, most of my questions have been answered, but I just wanted to follow up uh, um, in relation to Scott's commentary. Um, did you say that uh, there was a little uptick in April in, in relation to is it utilization rates or general utilization? I, I'm just trying to clarify that statement if it's possible. Yeah, I don't have the data yet on, on, on the rates, but we'll, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but what we saw was some a, a bit of an uptick in some of the uh, booked rental business. Um, well, you know, we don't have the final numbers for, for April, so we'll, we'll see how it played out there. But And there was a bit of a... Uh, an uptick in some of the uh, technician demands. So, because um, we'll, we we have seen, you know, some of the uh, mining activity improve as well as construction. We see the hours uh, logged on machines starting to improve slightly. So, but you know, this is going to be. I, I wouldn't want to speculate on anything. It's it's a it's a very complex environment, obviously, and as we'll see how the phase-ins go here. But we're feel we're positioned and we're. Really trying to be careful with uh, our skilled labor. 
Right. No, it makes, makes a lot of sense. And I guess, I mean, if we're trying to visualize this, I mean, obviously there was a, a, a tail off uh, at the end of the quarter. And then uh, at least uh, in, in April, uh, so far, it hasn't gotten worse. Uh, I mean, is that sort of a fair assumption? Because, I, I mean, well, I'm just making reference. Yeah, let me, let me give you a little more color to make sure we understand. It came off hard in March. I mean, the industry, the industry, um, the industry activities in March, and I'm what I'm talking about is the overall industries for for equipment sales. You know, that came off almost 30 percent. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's a dramatic shift. So, you know, we'll see how things play out here. But we're, you know, it's it's it came off hard. So, um, mm-hmm. it's a very complex environment and. Uh, you know, we've got a ways to go here, but we're, we're our focus is in positioning this business best we can with short-term moves, but also being very sensitive to this infrastructure. We've hard, hard to build, so we're positioned well when we come out. Yeah, that but makes there. a lot of sense. And that, and I actually, j- just maybe one one quick one on Simcoe, um, a reference to um, uh, the competitive environment. Is, is there uh, anything changes? Uh, any changes there? Uh, any emergence of new competitors or? Maybe any color you can you can provide there, so we can uh, uh, we can have a better understanding of what's going on there. No, no shift in terms of the competitive environment. What we're we're pleased about at Simcoe was the bookings in the first quarter was was uh, I think it was a record. So we were over well over 100 million. So we're very pleased with that. Obviously, you know we we had there's a difference quarter over quarter on on timing of projects and how we progress. So so that was a bit impactful. Um, and we continue to stay very focused on our disciplines on project execution and how we are building the cross um, structures of the project. So, uh, but, the, but we're pleased with that booking level. And now we're, you know, we did have an impact with Simcoe. Some of the service areas came off, but uh, you know, we we still feel <coughs> signals we're getting right now is the, those those bookings. We don't see a big change as of right now, but uh, on the project. Uh, Completions, but uh, we'll see. We're monitoring closely. Mm-hmm. And, and and sorry, maybe just uh, to follow up on this, um, is it just the the nature um, or, or the timing that um, really resulted in this uh, you know very strong bookings quarter, or is it your go-to-market strategy? I'm just trying to better understand what what drove that very significant yeah, increase. Com- well, we're we're very focused on our, our go-to-market strategy, but I think it's also it was it was driven by the customer. You know, because we, you know, you know, they, it was them making decisions on their on their uh, capital uh, decisions. So it's mainly, but the good thing was we were positioned or we were pleased with our win ratios. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, excellent. That's it for me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Max. Thanks, Max. Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time. I'd like to turn the meeting back over to Mr. McMillan. Great. Thank you, Donna. Uh, Before concluding the call, I'd like to remind listeners that our annual meeting of shareholders will be held today at 10 a.m. Again, this is a virtual meeting only. The website uh, details are available in our press release and on our website at toramont.com. encourage you to look at that. Uh, Thanks again for joining us today, and that concludes our call. Take care. Be safe. Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and thank you for your participation.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.